Hello and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots. I'm Jake Lancaster, an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist System. Hello, I'm Andrea Simpson. I'm the executive director for NEA Baptist in Jonesboro. And today we're very excited to have on Tracy Defoe to talk about our, our third part of our four-step improvement kata, next target condition and obstacles. Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I'm Tracy Defoe. I am a kata learner, coach, uh, kata geek, and I'm talking to you today from Vancouver, Canada. Well, we're very excited to have you on. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a great series. We've had, you know, some good guests already with Gemma Jones and, um, and uh, Mark Rosenthal already. Those two episodes should already be out. And so if you've not listened to those episodes, you should probably listen to them before you listen to this one. But, um, you know, this is a great series. And uh, we always like to start with just kind of defining what we're going to be talking about today. So, you know, just from for some broad strokes and then we'll get into the details. What are we talking about when we talk about within the four step improvement kata next target condition and obstacles? So um, in the improvement kata four steps as a way to uh, learn and teach scientific thinking while you are solving tough problems um, or at least uh, while you're achieving tough challenges, that's what we usually say. The th the first step is to understand your challenge or direction, which I understand Gemma Jones uh, covered last time. The second step is understanding your current condition. So step one, where are we trying to get to and how will we know if we're there? Step two, where are we now in terms of all of those things, including how will we know, like what we're measuring to know if we get there? And then uh, the next target condition, step three of the improvement kata, is to look um, into the future, but not as far ahead as the, um, the challenges to say, OK, in a week, in two weeks on the path that I think is going towards my challenge, where do I want to be? How do I need this process that I'm focusing on to work? How do I need it? How will I know if it's working that way and how will I know if I'm on the path? So the next target condition is uh, like a milestone or a marker on the way to the challenge. So Tracy, tell us about, you know, it's a, or maybe tell the audience, our listeners, it's called a target condition. You know, it's not just a target. And so tell us a little bit about how you coach and how you explain the condition element of the target condition. So the difference, so the target condition versus the target is the number one coaches mix up that we hear about in the groups that I um, organized. During CAVA, I started a, during COVID, I started a couple of CATA groups that are kind of virtual. One of them is the CATA Girl Geeks that maybe Andrea mm -hmm. knows about. And the other I one do. is called CATA School Cascadia. And we were actually in operation a little bit as a coaches lunchtime forum before um, COVID started. And almost all the coaches who have kind of self-taught uh, get confused between target condition and target. And um, I gave a talk about that at Catacon last year because it's such a common, like frequently asked question, common mistake. So if you come up from a lean background or, you know, you speak English, target is a pretty clear idea. We want this number. We want this uh, value. We want this 
outcome. And um, we often think of our outcome measurement as sort of like a Kaizen target or a continuous improvement target. But the magic of the kata is it gets you to focus on the process. So the target condition includes several elements and I'll just run them down. So if I looked at your storyboard, Andrea, here's what I would expect to see. And all of them together constitute the target condition. So um, the first one is a date. So the coach and the improver or the learner uh, together set a date. So where do we want to be by this time? If you're a new learner, your coach will set a very close in date, three days, five days, a week, two weeks would be maximum. In the um, Toyota Cata practice guide, uh, Mike Rother talks about two weeks. But we have learned over the years that a really new learner, we want quick success and we want them to learn so close in. So we look for a date. When is this going to happen? When, when will we review basically how it went? And um, then we're looking for the operating pattern. So we call that in the target condition is called the desired operating pattern. If we can run step one like this, step two like that, step three and four, and then we propose or we hypothesize this pattern will give us the outcome we're looking for. And then how do we know we have process metrics, that's what they're called, um, mm -hmm. almost for each step, but certainly for critical points in the process. And the process metric is something you can see while the process is running that you won't know, whereas an outcome metric you don't know till the process is over. So I don't know a lot about, I've done a little bit of hospital work, and I don't know if your audience is, but let's imagine it's how many people are sitting in the waiting room of the emergency department. You know that at every single minute of the day. That could be tracked by uh, anybody or by an AI or a volunteer or by looking at chairs that are full versus how many people were seen by a doctor, right? That you won't know till that happens. And then were they admitted or discharged or sent home? Those are all outcomes, right? That's not that's not necessarily something you can know by looking as they are at certain points in the process. The process metric is something you can see while the process is running. People often use sports analogies because mm -hmm. we all love our sports and so many anyways. So in a sports analogy, the outcome metrics, the score at the end of the game. Okay, What's the score on the scoreboard at the end of the game? The process is how you're playing the game. How is your offense performing? How is your defense performing? As we're taping this, the World Series is on. So, you know, I'm going to use baseball instead of football, if it's okay with you. So yes. if you think about baseball, if you're the owner of the baseball team and you are in the World Series and you are down two to one, you don't go to your coach and say, please score more runs than the other team. Of course, that is how you win. But you have to say, um, get more people on base, right? Let's be smarter about moving the outfield for each person. Uh, you know, let's let's uh, try, let's not go for home runs all the time, right? Let's play small ball. Let's get on base. Let's do bunts. Let's be really tighten up our defense. Let's make sure we're crisp with all our throws. Let's practice something or other. So all of those other um activities that the team is doing, whether it's to bat in the batting box or as they're defending on the field, those are all parts of what you can think of as your processes that, mm -hmm. that create the outcome score. And for each one of those processes, 
there will be a metric. And in a, in a sport like baseball, we got measurements galore, right? We can measure every single thing in different circumstances. So the target condition takes into account the date it's due, the desired operating pattern. How are we going to run? And then um, a list that is often misunderstood. Oh, that's how we want it to run. How will we measure different parts while the process is running? And then something called process characteristics. The way we teach process characteristics in the KGG, I think, is the simplest thing. And that's things that you observe or that are you notice that are true that are not captured by the block diagram of your desired operating pattern and are not captured by your metrics. So um, in the uh, hospital waiting room, uh, one of your process characteristics might be it's Halloween. Okay. <laughs> it's full moon. Full moon. Write that. Write that on my current condition. But in the baseball one, it might be the weather. Is it raining? Do we have injuries, right? Number one pitcher is injured, something like that. That's not going to be captured by your plan for your offense or your plan for your defense, but it will be something that we need to know to understand what's happening today. Yeah, I see that in when I'm teaching teams in healthcare too. I see the same struggle with process metrics and characteristics. And we actually teach with, um, we have a sports analogy and we have a weight loss analogy that yes. maybe a process metric could be water intake or, you know, calories consumed or calories burned or, you know, hours of sleep per night or something like that. And so, um, so yes, we definitely, I see people struggle with that for sure. Well, people who come in, I just want to say this for the audience too. If you have a really strong lean or continuous improvement background, basically your mindset is to stretch for the outcome and not pay such close attention to the process. And the CATA teaches us in a way to slow down our thinking and pay attention to the process and measure as we go because when you um, aren't reaching your outcome, uh, that takes us to obstacles, actually. So maybe that's where you want to go next. But is there anything else you want to talk about? So so people come all the time and they say, I'm a Six Sigma black belt and a lean expert with 20 years, and I don't think the kata is anything special or new. And it's when we talk to them and we look at their storyboards, they're only looking at outcome metrics. They don't have a process diagram. Yeah. And you know, Dr. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Dr. Lancaster, I don't know about you, but I feel like we focus on outcomes a lot in healthcare. Say. I mean, we're kind of in the same boat. Yeah, we have meetings, you have weekly meetings that look at, you know, like our CLABS numbers or, you know, CALD numbers or anything like that. It's always, it's always the the outcome, the number, um, and it, you know, how far are we above or below where we want to be. Uh, we're not even, you know, picking a, a target number for those. We're just going straight to what the challenge is. Um, and uh, yes, but and we completely missed that whole, you know, process metric step. Um, but just to back up a little bit, you you said a ton there, and I want to kind of dive in deep and and really make sure the audience knows uh, a lot of it before we move on. Um, as far as just the basics of when you're picking your target condition, you said it it needs to be three months out, a week out, but you're not going to do it six months out. You're not going to do it a year out. No, it needs to be close in. Close in as as, yeah. as much as you can. I, 
two weeks. Yeah, it's a way to uh, slice the elephant, as Tilo likes to mm-hmm. say. I know you're yeah. having Tilo Schwartz, so uh, yeah. Tilo likes to talk about that getting enough focus that you can bite off what you can chew in one in, in effort and get deep enough into it. And I think that's really important. Something that I don't think we do well enough in healthcare. We we pick a challenge at the beginning of the year with our you know our limb goals or whatever we have, and uh, and then we you know every month we have to update those goals and where we are, and that sometimes we get distracted by a hundred other things and lose track of it. But when I was going through this uh, coaching process on one of my initiatives last year, uh, Skip actually assigned me a coach where we met you know a few times a week and did this process, it was a world of difference. Now, could I do that for every one of my goals that I had? I, I don't think so. It would have been, I, I couldn't have focused on all those at the same time. Um, but choosing that short amount of time and sticking with it and setting, finding the obstacles and which we'll talk about in a second and, and those process metrics was, was key. Um, and I think we missed that a good bit. So you mentioned that a lot of places have you know, their outcome metrics graphed, you know, we'll have run charts, but we never, we don't often do that for process metrics. Uh, talk to us about what you've seen um, and what the, you know, the Kata gurus would say you should be doing as far as um, mapping and graphing process metrics. Well, remember I said that the target condition is a hypothesis that if you can run this way you will have these numbers as you will and then the graphing happens in current condition so um, you would have it in in your current condition like a run chart with a target line and maybe in, in your case a minimum and max tolerance line but when you focus only so so I would be looking for at least one outcome metric and at least one process metric and there may well be more than those things Hmm. Uh, but if you think about just pushing for your outcome metric it doesn't lead to better problem solvers and scientific thinkers it leads to cheating or gaming the numbers right so it's not i mean there's a lot of things you can do to reach a number you can assign overtime uh you can change the way you count it you can do you know there's there's stuff you can do i'm writing all these down (laughs) <laughs> Manipulate the data. <laughs> well, you can, yeah, you can. There's things you can. There's always ways, or you can bully people. Like you can change mm-hmm. your management style into kind of a negative experience, or what you know, whatever. But the 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 really cool part for me about taking on target condition thinking is now you have things, positive things you can do, right? You can you can understand and track. Uh, the beginning or the middle or the end of your process and almost always the thing that the learner thought or the improver thought was the critical thing turns out to not be the critical thing Mm -hmm. and so the first thing you're going to do is try to stabilize that new process right like that's what we expect but also before you can do that and this will take me to obstacles the first predictable step after you and your coach have agreed on a target condition with a date and a desired operating pattern and process metrics and outcome metrics um, is to run that target condition. See if you can make your proposed process work. And if it did work, obviously, then, you know, you've picked something too easy, but it won't work and you don't expect it to work. What you expect is to start to uncover obstacles. And for me, the obstacle, the target condition and the obstacle thinking, these are two really great um, 
side effects, maybe Taylor would say, of, of using the kata or learning the kata as a learner and as a coach. And for me, um, these are deep in my brain now. So I've become pretty unflappable about, <laughs> about crises and things because I just think, oh, that's a new obstacle. That's mm-hmm. a new obstacle. And yeah, we have this thing at, at yeah. Baptist that our um, graphic, our obstacles are in a heart because we love obstacles. Yeah, we, and, we heart obstacles. And yes. we heart our learners too. Exactly. Because in fact, we're not experimenting or or repeating and what we call iterating through the experimenting uh, record to, to reach our outcome. We are doing that to understand and overcome obstacles. And if we can overcome our obstacles, uh, we will, or if our hypothesis is true, we will achieve the outcome that we set ourselves during that time period. So obstacles are, are observable, measurable things that have an unwanted negative effect on your process metric. And let's say that again, so you can like, everybody can like, what? So <laughs> something you can name and measure that is making your process metric go the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Whether it is uh, variation and instability, right? If you go through variation on a run chart, the, the low ones, some obstacle in there or something happened. And um, it's this, so we also can look at obst- obstacles as the place we're going to put our attention. It's how we focus our attention as a coach and a, and the opportunities for learning come from obstacles, right? The, the desired operating pattern and target condition um, is a, it's not in reality yet. You've proposed that, but the obstacles are in reality and they're the places we will find our learning. Yeah, I love how in the kata you can pick which one obstacle am I working on that will help you reach your target pattern of work. And I love that it helps the team focus on removing obstacles instead of results. And it just focuses on the pattern of work. And so the team is really not even thinking about numbers or outcomes or anything. They're just trying to remove that one obstacle. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, engaging like it it'll, you can see it a light curiosity with people uh, one of my influences besides the people you have mark rosenthal for sure and tilo and Gemma. but one of my influences was a uh, coach from washington state named hal froelich and how you and we had the great joy of teaching coaching together for um a couple of years before he passed away this last spring and hal always said nobody wants problems but a challenge that could be fun and and the same thing. Nobody wants problems, but obstacles. Hmm. You know, like an obstacle course. It sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds like fun, and it sounds like exercise, and it's actually exercise for your brain. <laughs> and um and so a lot of the skill of coaching is uh, negotiating with your learner the target condition elements, not just the outcome, but then the wording and measurement of your obstacles, the wording of your obstacle so that it is impacting the process metric. So that I'm glad you said that. I was just about to ask you. So we write obstacles. We try to coach, you know, facts, data, negative outcome. So when you see an obstacle that's very vague and it's not precise, do you coach the learner 
to rewrite that? Do you kind of dig deep? Tell us how you would handle that as a coach when you see like a vague obstacle. So first I'm going to answer you, Andrea, as an educator. Okay. <laughs> the way the improver learner, you guys say learner probably, right? We right. say learner. Mm -hmm. okay, great. So the, the way the person studying their process, who we call the learner, words the obstacle list or the obstacle parking lot, as it's usually called, is one of the key places they show their coach their thinking, right? They write up there and you're like, oh no, like they, they don't have a clue or, oh, they're blaming, they're blaming Jake for this, but it's, you know, or they're, <laughs> they're saying mm -hmm. um, they don't have time or, or there's no training. Like you really often see complaints or um, a kind of embedded solution you know, need more equipment, need more training, need 5S in this area. That's a solution that's disguised as a an obstacle. So when the learner writes something on there, before I ask them to reword it, I kind of make a note because they've showed me part of their mindset or they showed you um, their starting point in imagining a solution or a next step, right? So it's really common and, uh, uh, and it's kind of for me like, okay, cool, you showed me. You now you showed me. Now we're getting down to what you really think by what they because you can kind of teacher please, right? You can coach please and kind of fake it. But usually when people get that that one and their next step, you know, boom in your face is how they really think. So yes, uh, I would definitely ask. I just come from second coaching somebody, and I was so proud of this young woman when she said. And how does that obstacle impact your process metric? Mm -hmm. <laughs> As the guy wrote it down and, and uh, the dots were connected. I was. Yes, because there's yeah. actually a logical story on the storyboard. And if there's there has to be a logical relationship between the uh, challenge and the current condition, between the challenge and the target condition, between the current condition data and the target. And then, boom, the obstacle has to have a pretty clear logical path to some part of a process metric that you have captured in your target condition. It's it's actually quite common not only for people to write what they think are solutions or things that they have no data, but that's okay because you don't always have data right away. Um, it's also really common for people to struggle with imagining the so then we go observe right that would be our step if we can't imagine what it is it's not always just on the board we have to go look at real life quite a bit i think to understand obstacles let's talk about real life uh, for a second um, move outside of operations and into maybe patient care so a physician and a diabetic patient trying to get uh, their diabetes under control you know um, down to a, a goal a1c you know a lot of a typical interaction in the clinic would be you, you measure that patient's A1C, maybe it comes back, you know, high, you know, high eight, nine or something, and we want to get it down, you know, to that goal. Uh, and so we prescribe medication, advise, you know, weight loss and exercise, and we'll see you in three months. That's kind of the, the typical interaction that you would have, you know, you know, there's a lot, people are doing it a lot better now, but that's still fairly common. But um, take us through what the kata and next target condition would look like in that situation? How how could a physician maybe use this to, you know, drive patients to better outcomes? 
Well, of course, the first difference would be that with the cadet, you would have at least seven minutes a day with your coach. Yeah. Now, maybe that's a form of journaling or maybe that's a form of data or maybe there's an app. I don't know now for that. There is. I mean, there's all sorts of things. There's, you know, diabetes care coordinators, a lot of stuff now that we can add on. Timely uh, facing facts is better than facing facts in three months. The second thing is you wouldn't say we want to get you from a nine to a four. I don't know what healthy is, but let's say it's four or five or three or something. No, it's not like a dead low. That's, you know, less than 6.5. Yeah. 6.5. Okay, 6.5. So there's infinity numbers between 9 and 6.5, right? Like this, you know, maybe your scale is, is quarter points or half points. So then there's eight, six numbers or something. But the the next number after 9 is 9 and three quarters or 9 and a half. And so a target condition is just saying that. Let's start trending in the right way on the process metric and the elements to weight loss that Andrea mentioned before are probably all trackable metrics. What's your nutritional intake? What's your exercise? Uh, what kind of food are you eating? Probably like, you know, that kind of stuff. How much fat are you? I don't I have no idea actually. How, how much is, sugar intake, less yeah, than carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, we're talking on just after Halloween. So we're all eating too much sugar and carbs to get it out of our house, which is responsible, of course. <laughs> so, um, uh, but anyway, you don't go for right down to six and a half. You just go trend in the right direction. And if you can get a movement in the right direction, you say, oh, I wonder if that was the exercise or the sleep, or was it the food, or was it that I threw out all the sugar? And so then you see, okay, uh, I still threw out all the sugar. And my exercise wasn't as good this week. Oh, but look, we still got to dip down. And you start to learn what are the levers or what are the things that are producing the outcome. So in terms of a physician who sees you once in a while, I think you would really need to engage the patient in paying attention to what things move that the outcome. What is making them trend healthier and what is the trend less healthy? And the obstacles, right? You know, we, we didn't talk about that in that Halloween. Uh, sense. Halloween's an obstacle. <laughs> not being able to afford medications, not having access to cheap, affordable, It's pouring rain right here today. Yeah. And I can tell you, I cut the dog's walk a little short. Yeah. Right? That was, an, you know, obstacle was I wasn't wearing the right outerwear to be outside for 45 minutes. So we did like 35. And, um, you know, there's all, but, but that can, I can fix that tomorrow. You know? Can't fix the weather, but I can fix it. Right. Yeah. So we, we only have a few minutes left, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on what are the most common mistakes that people make when talking about the next target condition and obstacles uh, that you see from, from learners? Well, for sure, not having the block diagram of the pattern that you want to run, that's a big mistake because once you've written that down, and a block diagram is just the steps in sequence, right, of, of the process you want to happen. But when you write it down, you can see it. Your coach can see it if you have a coach. And it, it just becomes something we can, like all visual management, actually, we, we can read it together, we can understand it together, right? And we can, we can know it together. So if you don't write it down and just think you have in your head what the steps and sequence are, problem. I, and I always worry about a, a or that doesn't have a version of a steps and sequence. I think the other one is going for outcome instead of process metric understanding. 
like really tracking outcome and being mean about outcome, I think is a is a problem. <laughs> and um, then not getting the power of not just the obstacle parking lot, but obstacle thinking, you know, and and then not taking steps, which I know is the next one, but to really understand and find cause in um, in the steps that the learner is taking with the car. So, I, like I said before, I, I really large percentage it's like the number one thing that cata coaches struggle with if as they're new or if they're coming from a, a big continuous improvement background is that they look for targets and not target conditions tracy you mentioned earlier you just came from a second coaching meeting do you do any type of measurement of a target condition like when you're like maybe an attainment percentage to coach the coach on like if they're setting their target conditions too easy or too challenging? Well, we have the, um, after the four steps of the improvement kata, there's a kind of, oh, here comes the dog. Uh, after the four steps of the improvement kata, there's a fifth kind of step that's a little bit unspoken. It's not on the original diagram, which is reflect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so um, as a second coach, I would be reflecting with a coach on particularly a new learner, but it doesn't matter. Any learner, if they if they didn't achieve the target condition by the due date, we know they will have learned a lot. But there's just something great about success. So <laughs> we might ask, is it what will you do next time? Or what what were the factors that made that harder to do? And usually they've allowed too many things in the target condition operating pattern. When a good study of their current condition will tell them what to focus on in the target condition. Which area do they need to stabilize? People always underestimate the huge gain you can get from achieving stability. So what do they need to stabilize? And then what could they actually improve? What can they make a change that turns out to be for the better? Um, the other thing, a lot of the time, people spend too much time in a coaching cycle discussing the target condition. Mm -hmm. It's okay when you're setting it, but later it should be a pretty quick check-in. What's the target condition? You know, a minute. I time the coaching cycles if I'm second coaching. A minute maybe on that. A minute on current condition and lots of time on your obstacles and what you learned from your last step. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for, for coming on. I, I know I learned a lot about this topic. Um, any last words for our audience about maybe anything we didn't cover related to the topic that you, you want to make sure they know? Well, if people remember anything about the third step of the improvement kata, I hope it is the big word. Well, it, actually, the name is next target condition, which implies is one of many, and that it's all about the condition. And of course, that one, as Andrea so nicely said, that the um, obstacles have an unwanted negative effect that you can see in data or observe on your process metrics. That's really the key. That's the heart of this step, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, and thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Connecting the Dots. Remember, if you follow the link in the show notes, you can redeem this episode for CME credit. Did Tracy spark your curiosity today? You're invited to learn more about Kata by joining the KataCon 9 Summit in 2023. This is where Lean Frontiers has gathered some of the world's most experienced Kata practitioners. We're not just describing presenters, we're describing you as well. 
So come, connect with the Kata community. Learn from each other, share your experience, and lead with new ways to help you and your organization develop your workforce. March 14th and 15th in Jekyll Island, Georgia. To learn more, visit leanfrontiers.com slash katacon9.